I do want you all to know that Brother Joel and I did not plan to match tonight. That was not, we did not plan that. That just happened, right? So it's not like we require our staff to wear the same uniform or anything like that. So um, that just happened, all right? Uh, take your Bibles tonight, open the book of John, the book of John, obviously I know on Wednesday nights my dad's been going through the book of Hebrews, uh, studying through the book of Hebrews, and, uh, but he is out in California and uh, preaching at a missions conference out there, they'll be back I believe tomorrow, and, uh, and so he'll continue in a couple of weeks to the book of Hebrews, and so tonight you get me, right? I know you get me every Sunday, but you get me again tonight too. So, all right, John chapter 9, John chapter 9, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1, John chapter 9, verse number 1. The Bible says, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent, and he went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, uh, uh, the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind, said, "Is not this he that sat and begged?" Some said, "This is he." Others said, "He is like him." But he said, "I am he." <laughs> now, this is a great passage of scripture. Um, I love this this passage here. It's just a really um, a powerful passage because of what we find here in this this story. The Bible tells us that there was a, a blind man that was sitting on the side of the road begging. And Jesus and the disciples are walking by, and um, the disciples were on par t- tonight in this, in this passage, right? Many times the disciples thought they knew a lot, and um, come to find out they didn't quite know as much as they thought they did, right? And so as the disciples are walking by, and they see this blind man begging, they begin to wonder in their minds why this man is like this. Why is he blind? And so to them, there could only be two reasons why this man would be born blind. Either his parents sinned, and so this was a judgment upon them because they had sinned, or this man had sinned. Now, if you stop and think about it a minute, if he was born blind, how was he able to sin and be born blind because of his sin, right? So they're thinking, right, they're, they're thinking about this, is that either his parents sinned, and so it's judgment on his parents, and he's born blind, or God must have known that this man was going to do something really, really bad, And so to make sure that this man didn't do something really, really bad and then this sin that he was going to do, God allowed him to be born blind. This is some deep thinkers here, right? And so they asked him, Lord, why is this man blind like this? Who, Who sinned? Was it his parents that sinned? Was it his sin that that he was going to do that God is keeping him from? Who sinned that this man would be born blind? 
And again, you know, I, I think when, when the Bible talks about patience, I know that we, patience is a virtue, and patience is um, an attribute of God. But sometimes I really wonder if God's patience doesn't run out sometimes. <laughs> In dealing with us, right? And as the Lord Jesus was dealing with the disciples. And so Jesus, no doubt, is looking at them and thinking, what, why would you even say that? Well, because that was the common belief of that day. If something bad happened to someone, it was because they were sinner. If something bad happened to someone, it was because God was judging them. And so in that day, anything bad was simply a judgment of God, right? Do you know that many times in our society today, that's how we think too? If something bad happens, God must hate me. If something bad happens in my life, then God must not like me. Or if something bad happens in our society, or if something bad happens in our world, then God just hates everybody. Have you ever heard anybody say, why do bad things happen to good people? Ever heard anybody say that? Sure, we all have. Well, because we're human. Bad things happen to good people because we're human, right? That's just how, that's just how it is, right? Uh, did you know that bad things happen to bad people too? Did you know that? Bad things happen to everybody, right? That's just, that's just the way of life. That's just how we are. But we have this idea in our mind, if something bad happens, that God must be angry at us or God must be mad at us. And that's exactly what they were thinking. God must have been angry at the parents or God was angry at this man. And so that's why he was born blind. But what Jesus is going to help them understand is that there's a lot more to what is happening in someone's life than just judgment, right? There's a lot more happening in someone's life than just God being mad and judging them. And watch what Jesus says in verse number three. Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. Well, wait a minute, Lord. If this man didn't sin and his parents didn't sin, then he shouldn't be born blind. If there's no sin, if there's no judgment, then he shouldn't be born blind. He should be born normal, right? I mean, that's what they're thinking. And Jesus said, wait a minute. No, it's not the sin of this man. It's not the sin of his parents. And watch what Jesus says. But that the works of God should be manifest in him. You understand? Yes. Are there times when something bad can happen to someone because God is trying to get our attention? Sure. Are there times when God uh, allows something bad to happen in our life because God is maybe judging us for some sin? Sure. Yes. Is that the way in every case? No. Not at all. And this is what Jesus is trying to help them explain, explain to them and help them understand. He said, there are things that that God allows to happen, not because there's any sin, not because God is mad, not because God hates you, not because God doesn't love you, but he allows it to happen so that the work of God can be seen through you. So that God's work can be seen through us. This is exactly what he says. But that the works of God should be manifest in him. 
God says the whole purpose, the whole reason behind this man being born blind was so that the work of God could be seen in his life. Now, can I, can I say that that's not normally the first thing that comes to our mind when something bad happens, is it? We don't look at something bad and think, all right, God, how, how can your work be seen through me in this situation? God, how can, you know, there's a, there's a family problem or there's a financial problem or there's a medical problem or there's, you know, emotional problem, whatever it might be. We don't ever really think about, God, is there something you're trying to do through me so that you can be seen? We just automatically assume God's mad. God doesn't like us. God hates us. Because if he didn't, if he didn't, you know, if he did love us and if he, he did care about us, he wouldn't let this happen to us. Well, again, we're trying to understand God the way we want to. And we have to look at what God says about himself. And this is what he says here. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So Jesus is saying, look, there's a, there's a reason why. This man was born blind. This man was born blind so that the work of God could be manifested in his life. That the work of God could be seen through him. And this is what he says. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So Jesus was in the world. He's the light of the world. But we understand now Jesus is not here. He's in heaven, right? And so what is, what is he saying here? What are we seeing here? Jesus is showing an example. Just as he had a work to do, God is trying to help, the Lord is trying to help the disciples understand that they have a work to do. There is a work for them to do. And notice what he says. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. What's Jesus saying? We have to work Till the night. Work till the night. He said, this is exactly why I'm here. I'm working till the night. There's going to come a time when I can't work anymore. There's going to come a time when, hey, it's, 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 this time on earth is over for me. You know, understand? As a Christian, right? Well, it doesn't matter who you are, Christian or unsafe person. There's going to come a time when our life is over on this earth. Now, we don't know how long that is. None of us know how long that is. But for a Christian, God is saying, look, we have a work to do while it is still daytime. He said the night is going to come. There's going to come a time when you're not able to work anymore. But until that time, you got to be at work. Until that time, we need to work. And so this is what he's saying here, right? Notice what he says in verse uh, number four. He, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. Do you understand that we as Christians, we are sent to work? We are, we are sent as Christians to work. We're not just sent to live our life the way we want to live it. We are sent to work. That's what Jesus says. As I have been sent, so send I you. Jesus said, I'm sending you to do the same work. Jesus himself tells us that even though he is God... And deserve to be served. You understand that? Jesus deserved to be served. He is God. Yet he came not to be served, but to serve. 
In Mark chapter 10, verse number 45, it says, The Son of Man did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister. Jesus came not so that we could all serve him while he was here. He came to serve. He came to work. While he's here on this earth, he came to work. Jesus didn't waste the time that he had. He understood, hey, there's only a certain amount of time that I had. I need to be busy about the work that God has called me to do. He understood that he had limited time, and therefore he spent his time wisely working. Look, as Christians, we have to understand, we have limited time. By the way, we only get one shot at this. We only get one shot. Because once our time is over, you can't go back and redo, right? There's no rewind, there's no redo, there's no go back. No, it's, this is it. This is what we've got. And as long as we have breath and as long as we're living here, God says we have a work to do. He has sent us to work. But notice what type of work it is. We are sent to do the work of God. The work of God. What is the work of God? What is the work of God? Well, I think we find that here in this passage. Notice it says in verse number one, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. So Jesus is walking by. He sees this blind man, right? Notice, go back in the chapter here. Go down to verse number 35. Now, let me just kind of tell you the story here about what happened. So Jesus heals this man, right? We just saw that. Uh, Jesus heals him. After he is healed, what does he do? He goes to the temple because that was one of the things that they had to do as Jews. They would have to go to the priest in the temple, and they would have to show what had happened to them so that they could be considered uh, clean and that they could be considered right and all this. And so he's going to the temple, and while he's there in the temple, people are saying, hey, wait a minute, wasn't, wasn't he blind? And he's like, yeah, I was blind. And they're like, well, how, how, did he, how did he get healed? Are, are, are we sure this guy was really born blind? And so they actually bring his parents in. Right? They, and the, this is a grown man, by the way. This is a man, I, I th- if, I, if I remember right, I think he's like 30 some years of age, right? This is a grown man. And they bring his parents in, they're like, Was he born blind? They're like, Yeah, he was born blind. Well, how is he able to see? I, I don't know. Ask him, right? Ask him. He's of age. Ask him. He's a, well, he said that some guy healed him. Well, that must have been what happened then. I mean, because we can tell you, he was born blind. He has not seen a day in his life until today, right? Well, they didn't believe him. And you know what they did? They cast his parents out, and they cast him out of the temple. These are great religious leaders, right? He comes to the temple. He comes to the religious leaders. Do they accept him? Do they welcome him? No, they cast him out. They said, oh, you're, you're lying to us. Your parents are lying to us. You guys need to get out. And watch what happens here in verse number 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Think about this. So Jesus is passing by. Jesus sees the man that's begging And Jesus heals him. The man ends up going to the temple. They cast him out of the temple. And the Bible says that Jesus heard that they cast him out. Jesus didn't follow behind him. 
Jesus goes on his business, and then he hears, as rumors start swirling around the city, that this blind guy was healed, and he went to the temple, and guess what the religious leaders did? They just cast him out. So Jesus hears that they've cast him out. So what does Jesus do? Well, you know, he had his chance. He could No, Jesus goes looking for him. Jesus went looking for this man. By the way, do you think it was a coincidence that Jesus was passing by this blind man? Of course not. It wasn't a coincidence. Jesus passed by there on purpose because he was looking for this blind man. And then when he heals him and he goes to the temple and he hears that this blind man has been cast out, what does he do? He goes looking for him. And when he heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, do you understand that? Jesus went looking for this guy. This is, this is a beggar. This is a beggar that had never seen a day in his life until today. This was a beggar that was so unimportant to the religious leaders and to the society there, they didn't care anything about him. He was nothing but a beggar. But he was important to Jesus. So important that Jesus went looking for him can i tell you something aren't you glad that jesus went looking for you hey we're look we're nobodies right we're we're nobodies but i'm so glad that jesus was looking for me i'm so glad and when we think about this this is what he's saying this is the work i must work the works of him that sent me while it is day it was jesus who sought this man out He saw a man. He wasn't too busy to see this man. He wasn't too busy to see you and me. By the way, if you go back and look up just in the previous chapter, it's not like everything was like really going well for Jesus at this time, by the way. You know what happened at the end of the last chapter? Jesus was about to be stoned to death. Look what it says in verse number 59 of chapter 8. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. So here is Jesus. He has been in the temple. He's been teaching them, and they're wanting to stone him. And then Jesus leaves, right? Look, if if somebody's been about to stone you, you, I mean, you have been about to been killed, you're not just like looking around at anybody and everybody, right? You're getting out of there. You're finding a place where you can hide. You're finding a place where you can get alone because you want to think about what's going on. I mean, you don't want to be around anybody. And yet as they're walking, Jesus sees this man. They stop and Jesus heals him. Sometimes we get so busy with life, we don't notice the people that God puts around us to be able to share the gospel with. We get so busy. I mean, look, Jesus could have said, man, I just about got stoned to death. I don't have time for this. I'm sorry. I've got to go take a rest. I I need to go, you know, get some water. I mean, I'm sorry. Look, I I I feel bad for you, dude, but I I just got killed. I just about got killed. It would have been very easy for Jesus. But no, he stops and he heals him. And then after he hears that this man has been rejected by the religious leaders, he seeks him out. How many of us, after having been rejected, like Jesus was, would seek out someone to help 
that doesn't even know who you are. Jesus, that, that beggar didn't know who Jesus was. In fact, in this passage, we're not even told that the beggar called out to Jesus. Now, there are passages where we know that beggars called out to Jesus, but this beggar didn't call out to Jesus. We ought to be seeking for those who do not know who we are so that we can tell them about the one who knows who they are. You understand that? That's the work of God. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Our job is to seek out people who they may not know us and we may not know them. But we need to tell them about the one who does know them. And that's what our job is. That's that work that he has given us to do. This is the work of God. We are sent to do God's work. Again, he found him. And then notice what he says after he found him. Back in chapter, num- or chapter 9, verse number 35. And when he had found him, he said to him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He said, Do you believe on the Son of God? And he says, Lord, I don't know who that is. I mean, I've heard of the Son of God. I've heard that the Messiah is going to come. I've heard that there's going to be, but I don't know who that is. I don't know him. I don't know who he is. Do you know how many people have no idea who Jesus is? I'm not talking about in the Bible. I'm talking about today. In our society today, there are people who have no idea who Jesus is. If you were to ask them and say, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? Be like, yeah, I think he came and shingled my roof yesterday, you know? I mean, that's, that's exactly who they're thinking. I mean, that's how you would pronounce it, right? I mean, it's, it's J-E-S-U-S. Now in Spanish, it's pronounced Jesus, but that's how you would pronounce it. I mean, that's, that's Jesus, right? Do you know that that's what many people would think of if you asked them, hey, do you know who Jesus is? They would think you're talking about maybe a Spanish guy or something. They have no idea who he is. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that we have people around us that don't know who he is? But yet, what is our job? This is the work that he has sent us to do. We are to be telling other people. Why do we have these missionaries coming in? Why why are they willing to go to a foreign country? Why are they willing to go to Japan? Why are they willing to go to Mozambique? Why are they willing to go out to Washington? Why are they willing to go to Mongolia and some of these places? It's not like they're taking vacations. It's not like they're taking sightseeing trips. What are they doing? They're going to seek out people who don't know them, and they don't know them, to tell them about Jesus who does know them. That's what they're doing. And we think, yeah, the missionaries should do that. The missionaries should go. The missionaries, they need to go. But wait a minute, friend. (laughs) It's not just the missionaries that are going that need to. It's every one of us need to. We have a work to do, and that work is the work of God, and we ought to have love and compassion. Look what Jesus does. He loves this man. He has compassion on him. He sees the need that he has. He's blind, and so he spits on the ground. He makes mud. He touches it to his eyes. He says, I want you to go and wash in this pool of Siloam, and when he goes there and he washes, he can see. He had compassion on this man. And then, not only did he have compassion, but he sought him out so he could tell him who he was. He said, I don't know who he is, in verse 36. Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Can you imagine? Just think about this. Can you imagine being able to say, the first 
person you ever saw was God. Wouldn't that be amazing? The first person that I ever saw was the Son of God. The first person that I ever saw with my sight. I mean, I was born blind. I never got to see my parents. I never got to see my siblings. I never got to see my friends. But one day, this guy walking by, he stopped and he did something really strange. The Bible, he, he spit on the ground. He made some mud, put it on my eyes, told me to go wash in this pool. And I did it. And after the water washed off, I opened my eyes and I could see. And then later on as he comes back and Jesus seeks him out, he says, hey, who is he, Lord? And Jesus says, I that speak to thee am he. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm talking to you. And what does he say? And he said, Lord, I believe and he worshiped him. This man was able to believe because Jesus was doing the work that he was supposed to do. Again, remember, Jesus said the purpose of this man's blindness was that the work of God would be seen in his life. The work of God would be seen in his life. Now, how do we see the work of God being seen in this man's life? Well, notice what happens, right? Again, Verse number eight, the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were thine eyes open? And he said, a man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Then said they unto him, where is he? He said, I know not. I don't know where he is. I He's gone now. I mean, he told me to go and wash. I went and washed, and I don't know where he's at. What, what is this work being done? Every time that this conversation comes up, guess what he's talking about? He's talking about what Jesus did in his life. Every time this conversation, hey, weren't you, weren't you a beggar? Yeah. Well, how come you're not begging anymore? Well, now I can see. Well, what did you do? Have an operation? No. This guy named Jesus, he just walked by, and, and he, he, he healed me. What's he doing? Every time that his, his eyesight, every time that this is coming up, what's happening? He's going to be talking about Jesus. We go down through here there in verse number 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God, that, because he keepeth not the Sabbath, talking about Jesus. How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? There's a division among them. They say unto the blind man, what sayest thou of him that he opened thine eyes? He said, he is a prophet. So again, they're asking him, what do you think about this guy? He goes, I don't know, but he must be a prophet. They're, they're continually talking about what happened to this guy. They're continually, because this, is, this, is, this doesn't happen. This is a miracle. And this is what's happening. As, as God works in this man's life, every time that he begins to talk, again, even the parents, and look what happens. Uh, when we go down to verse number, uh, verse number 23, therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again, called they the man that was blind and said to him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Every time he's talking about what Jesus did. You know the greatest way to do the work of God? Talk about what Jesus did. Talk about what Jesus did. Now, if you're a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ as your, as your Savior, you can't say 
Jesus hasn't done anything in my life. Now, maybe you didn't get your sight healed physically from blindness, but did Jesus not save us from our sin? Did Jesus not save us from uh, eternity in the lake of fire? Did Jesus, has he not given us a home in heaven? Can I tell you something? We have, we have a lot to talk about Jesus. Man, what's, what is so different about your life? Why, why do you go to church all the time? Man, let me tell you why I go to church. It's what Jesus did in me. It's what Jesus did in my life. You know, how come, how come, you, never, how come you, never, you never cuss like all these other people? How come you never tell the dirty stories like all these other people? How come you never go to the, man, let me tell you, let me tell you what Jesus did. It was, it's all because of Jesus. But instead, so many times we miss opportunities to speak about Jesus. We miss the opportunities to speak about him. But that's the work that we've been called to do. This is the work that he's telling us that we are to do. Why? Here's why. Notice. Go back to verse number four. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Do you understand that there's coming a time when we cannot work anymore? Whether the Lord takes us home, right? We take our last breath here. There's nothing to be afraid of. We take our last breath here and we open our eyes in heaven. Praise the Lord for that, right? Or whether it's Jesus Christ returning and taking all of us as the body of believers, taking us all home to heaven. But he says there's coming a time when we cannot work anymore. The night is coming, right? I don't think we have to look very far or very hard to see that it's getting darker. And I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about the physical darkness outside, right? We're living in a dark society. It may not be dark yet. It may not be night, but it's getting darker. It's getting darker. With each and every passing day, it's getting a little bit darker, a little bit darker, a little bit darker. It's not night yet, but it's getting darker. Do we understand that the night is coming? Do we understand that Jesus says there's a time when we can't work anymore? There's a time when we're not going to be able to keep working. And so Jesus is telling us, he's, he's warning us, hey, we need to be about this work. We will not be able to work anymore. We must be busy about the work that we are called to do, doing all that we can for the Lord and his work whether that's going more and trying to tell other people about Jesus and what he's done in our life, whether it's giving more so that the gospel can go, uh, whether it's continuing to grow spiritually in our life so that we can be what God wants us to be, we have to be at work, right? But what happens is we get so consumed with our physical work, we get so consumed with our, our life and all of these things that we forget about the spiritual work that God has called us to do. We forget about the work that is truly important, right? Now, please understand, I'm not saying your job isn't important. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you're not going to take anything from your job to heaven. You're not going to take anything. You may have the greatest snack shop in your, in your business, but you're not going to take it to heaven. You're not going to take it. But can I tell you, there are some people that you work with that you could take with you. There are some people in your neighborhood that do not know the Lord, people that you work with, family members, people that 
they need to hear about Jesus. They need to know what Jesus can do for them. They need to know what Jesus did for you. This is what he's saying. I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus said, hey, I know my time is limited. And so I'm going to be about my father's business. Again, when you go back to John chapter 4, when Jesus is at the, the well and the disciples come, and what does Jesus say? He says, my meat is to be about my father's business. Over and over and over, Jesus says, my work is to do the work of him that sent me and to finish his work. There's no way that we can know how many people believed in Jesus while Jesus was on the earth. There's just no way. Obviously, we know here's one. Now, we can count a few throughout scriptures, but there's no way we can count how many believed in Jesus. We know many just followed for the miracles. Many just followed to hear the teachings and see the miracles, but they didn't believe. Do you understand that in all the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were following Jesus and listening to Jesus, do you understand that not all of them believed? They didn't all believe, right? Somehow we get this idea that every person I talk to has to believe. If every person I talk to doesn't believe, then that means I'm a failure. Well, then that means Jesus was a failure. That means Jesus would have been a failure because not everybody believed Jesus. But I don't think we would say that Jesus was a failure. I hope you don't think Jesus was a failure. He wasn't. And you understand that just because someone doesn't believe what you're saying to them doesn't mean, make you a failure. It doesn't mean you're a failure. No, no. Our work is simply to tell them about the one who knows them. Our work is simply to tell them about Jesus. Whether they believe in Jesus or not, that's between them and God. Our work is simply to tell them. Look, not every person that I've ever shared the gospel with has believed. Sure, I would love to be able to say, every person I've talked to has, been, has believed. Huh. Sorry. Do we want them to believe? Sure we do. Yeah, absolutely. But not everybody's going to. And that's what we have to understand. It's not about how many believe. That's not what's important, right? Because that's between them and God. What's important is, am I telling them about Jesus? Am I telling them about him so that they have the opportunity to believe? Because if I don't tell them about Jesus, then I have failed. Because that's my job. My job is to tell them about Jesus. I can't save them. I, I don't have the power to do that. Only God does. And so our job is to do this work, to tell them about Jesus so they can know him as their Savior. And this is what Jesus gives us to do. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. It's interesting, Jesus later says, ye are the light of the world. Why? Because Jesus has gone. He says, now you're to be the light of the world. You're to be the one that people look to to know who Jesus is. We're to be that light. We're to be the ones telling others about Jesus Christ so that they can know him. Why? Because the night is coming. The night's coming. When he says no man can work, what are we doing? Are we working the work that he tells us to do? Or are we just, you know, 
We're, we're busy with our life. We're busy with our job. We're busy with our family. We're busy with all those things. We just don't have time to do the work of God. Well, he says one day we're going to stand accountable for that. One day we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to have to give an account of what we've done for him. Wouldn't it be much better when we stand before the Lord not to have to be ashamed because we didn't do the work that he wanted us to do? Instead, to be able to stand there with, with joy, to be able to say, Lord, I did the work. I don't know how many people got saved, but I know I, I told as many people as I could. I gave out tracts. I gave to help support missionaries. I went. I, I taught a Sunday school class. I did whatever I could to, to get the gospel out, to tell others about Jesus. I did all I could, Lord. Wouldn't that be the better way to stand before him? You see, we have that choice. We can either try to... Uh, <laughs> Blame other people like the disciples did. Or we can just recognize that we have the work to do. God says there's a work that needs to be done. And he's given that responsibility to us. Are we being obedient in doing that work? Because there's going to come a time when we cannot do it anymore. It's going to be done. No more. What are we doing about the Father's work? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight. No one looking about, every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just think with me a minute tonight? Just think with me about this work that God has given us to do. There are so many people that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it's getting darker. So many that do not know him. And the night is coming. And we can make every excuse we want to. We can say, well, I just, I don't know the right words to say. Or I'm afraid that they'll, that they'll laugh at me. Or, no, friend, we have a work to do. We have a job to do. It's not about whether they believe or not. That's not, what's, that's not the important thing. Now, we want them to believe. That's true. But our work, our job is to tell them. Because unless someone tells them, they will never know to believe. Aren't you glad somebody told you? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight, aren't you glad somebody told you how you could be saved? How you could have your sins forgiven? How you could have a home with Jesus Christ for all of eternity? Aren't you glad somebody told you? And yet there are so many, many more that need to be told. Work. That's what he says. We must be about the work because the night is coming. For just a moment, the piano is going to play softly. Just right there in your seat tonight. You don't have to get up. But I wonder if maybe God's speaking to your heart tonight. Maybe right there in your seat. Would you just pray and say, Lord, would you help me work better? Lord, help me to work more. I understand everybody's different. Health issues are different. Physical abilities are different. Not everybody's able to go out and do things. There's so much we can do. We can pray more and give more. We can go more. We can help others to grow so that they can go. 
I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Who could you tell about what Jesus has done in your life? Say, I don't know if they'll believe me. You'll never know until you try. Uh, Brother Joel's going to come and share some prayer.